Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. To start things off, as always, I want to know, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I appreciate your support. Uh, If you could please give this podcast a quick five-star review on whatever platform you happen to be tuning in on, that will encourage the almighty algorithms to show it to more people, and hopefully we can all grow and get better. So last week we talked a bit about managing multiple neurodivergencies, especially as they relate to ADHD and Asperger's. And if you want to know more about that, just scroll on back to the previous episode. Uh, That's number 76. This week, we are going to get into a little bit more on the left of normal mind and how it relates to traveling. So for most left of normal people, travel isn't exactly enjoyable. It gets away from that routine that we love. It's off into the unknown, and it's often an experience that is unpredictable and therefore just kind of scary. For myself, however, I found that travel is exciting and fun. I don't know if it's from when I was younger, when we'd travel as a family and I was just kind of forced into it where nobody really understood why it would not be exciting and fun, and so it's a little bit nostalgic, but also from my schooling where I learned about different cultures, I love to experience them firsthand. Anyway, I have also found that I have to really be in the right mindset, have the right preparation, and the right idea of what the outcome will be in order to fully appreciate and enjoy the time I spend outside the comfort of my own home. So for those who are left of normal and they struggle with traveling, or for those who have left of normal children where traveling with them is, let's just say, difficult, I put together my top five tips on how to see the world without going crazy. Without further ado, tip number one, have a great itinerary. So to create an itinerary of what you will be doing on your travels, you have to do quite a bit of research beforehand. Uh, It's really not as hard as it sounds. It's just looking up things to do in XYZ area, wherever you happen to be going. So how does this play out? Uh, Recently, we took a number of trips uh, around the country almost, uh, the western half of the country at least, Uh, and some of that stemmed from several years ago where we went to Disneyland. Disneyland has a ride called Soarin' Around the World. It's a really cool augmented virtual reality type thing where you sit in this platform, it kind of moves, and there's this giant wraparound screen, and you soar over different areas of the world. And in this ride, you go over like the grasslands of Africa, and there's elephants, and you hear the elephants kind of from behind you and to the side, and then you smell the grass. They have these different scents that come out. And so really fun, really exciting, just a all-around phenomenal experience. Well, when we were going down on our big road trip over spring break, I was doing some research and discovered that there is a Soren over Las Vegas. 
And so that automatically made it onto my itinerary because I knew what to expect and I understood that it would be a good experience. It was. And then when we went out to Minneapolis this summer, I discovered that at Mall of America, there is a Soarin' Around the World or Soarin' Across America ride there as well. And so that made it into my itinerary. This research before you go finds the unique and fun experiences that you can now look forward to. And especially if there's something you've experienced before, they are predictable and eliminate some of that anxiety and that some scariness that can come with traveling. In every itinerary, However, you want to build in some slush time, some downtime. Uh, having every single minute of your trip mapped out is just going to create frustration because you're not going to get to everything on your list. So there should be large blocks of time where you just experience or enjoy the area you're in. So let's say you're going to Denver or Chicago or you know, really anywhere. You just find like a park. And right around lunchtime, you say, explore XYZ Park. And then you just walk through the park, you find a local restaurant, and you spend, you have two hours blocked off. But you only need to spend maybe an hour and a half, or maybe you need to spend an hour and 45 minutes, or, you know, whatever it ends up being. So when you block off these large chunks of time, you can spend up to the amount of time, but generally you kind of have that slush time in case you get caught in traffic or something happens that you can't make it to your specified destination on time. With this itinerary, you want something to do each day that's going to kind of keep you on track so you can fully experience what you want to experience on the trip. Uh, this will be something that's a kickoff activity for each day, something that starts your day, and then maybe something in the afternoon, and then there's open time in between for things that are unexpected or that you happen to discover while you are there. So that kind of leads into tip number two. Have a timeline and a schedule. This is a little different than having an itinerary. Uh, itinerary is things that you want to do at a particular time. A timeline and a schedule make sure the things happen on time. So... The reason this is important is the left of normal mind really wants to know what's going to happen next. When will this happen? When will we leave? When will we return? Et cetera, et cetera, and so on and so forth. When I was coming back from Slovenia, the first summer I was over there, I had planned out five weeks. There was five weeks in another country, and my mind and my brain and everything leading up to it said, okay, we're going to be in this country for five weeks, and then... I'll head home. But then on the way back, we, I stopped off in Madison, Wisconsin for a wedding. A friend of mine was getting married over there. And I hadn't fully integrated that timeline into my overall mental mindset preparedness. So my brain for months said I was going to be gone for five weeks. But then it was like, 10 days or 11 extra days that I had to end up stopping over into Wisconsin because, uh, you know, the travel didn't overlap exactly. And so those 11 days were actually really hard because my brain and mindset had already decided that I would be back after five weeks. 
And now I'm out six to seven weeks, and all of a sudden, I my mind is not meshing these things. It ended up being one of the hardest travel experiences just because I didn't fully understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling, even though I had nothing going on back home. And I visiting friends in Madison and discovering Madison was actually kind of enjoyable. So we want to know what to expect, and we want to know when to expect it. It eliminates a lot of that unpredictability. Uh, everyday story is when my son gets punished and he gets sent to his room for a timeout. There is the inevitable question of when can I come out? It's almost as soon as he enters his room and it's always there. There's like never a time that he does not ask this question. And it's one of those things that he can't focus on changing his mindset when there's this weird unpredictability of this anxiety that's hanging out over his head because he doesn't know when he's going to be out of his room. So if you have left of normal children and you do end up doing a punishment that is sending them to their room for a specified amount of time, tell them the amount of time, but set parameters on it. If you can do this, then you will be able to come out in 10 minutes. If not, then we will move that to 15 minutes. So they know what they have to accomplish and when they have to accomplish it. When you're traveling, there's not always a good spot to calm yourself down. So tip number three is always find a quiet or a retreat space. Travel is hectic. Uh, especially if you're running through the airports, you're trying to make your connections. There are a lot of people there. You're hoping not to get robbed. Uh, generally a safe place, but there's always, we've been instilled with this fear that if you turn your back on your bag for like half a second, it's going to disappear and then somebody's going to put a bomb in it and it's going to blow the whole place up. Travel is... It's new, there's new places, there's new sounds, and a lot of it can be really overwhelming, especially for very sensitive, left-of-normal people. So when you go anywhere, there should always be a comforting, safe place where you can go, you can relax, and you can bring that anxiety and that frustration, that overwhelmingness down. Uh, generally, this will be a hotel room because... That's about the only predictable place you can find in a new and under, unpredictable place. If you're traveling by car, it can be in the in the vehicle that you're going in. Uh, if all else fails, if you're away from the room and everything, sometimes you can even just use a public restroom where it's generally quieter. There's not as many people. Unless it stinks really bad, then it's not a great option. So... Just that little place where you can break away from everything and that can reset your mind, put you back into the right mindset. So now you can go back out there and experience and explore once again. But that kind of leads into tip number four. You need to bring a comfort item. Sights and smells and familiarity tend to ground us. They bring us back down. They take all this mania, this craziness, and this hectic, overwhelming stimulations, and they hone it back in. So, for instance, if I take 
smell, I can close my eyes and I can plug my ears and I can smell that smell and it brings me back to the routine and the familiarity familiarity that I know and like and trust. Um, For my son, he has had the same set of blankets since he was an infant. Uh, He uses them every day. They just stay in his room. They're in his bed, but he can push them against his face and it's a a familiar feel. I'm sure they have the familiar smell to them. And it takes him back to that groundedness, that familiarity that he likes and he trusts and he knows. Uh, When he was very young, uh, probably a year, but not even a year and a half old, I think, he went out to Oregon. Uh, I drove out the following day, but him and my wife flew out there in order to reduce the amount of time traveling with an infant. And he was kind of all out of sorts, and my wife gave him, I believe it was a pair of my shorts or t-shirt, and he just like snuggled right up to it. It was that familiar feel and especially that smell that grounded him back down. Uh, As an adult, I usually have, you know, I have my phone that I can look at that never changes. I bring my computer along because I claim that I'm going to be doing some work. Generally, I try to do like five minutes of work so I can write the whole thing off as a business trip because, you know, I had to work on it. Or a, or a, a book that I can read or almost always it's just the clothing that I take that's the same clothes I wear at home. So I can look at those clothes and I can see them and I can smell them and I can return back to that familiarity and reduce the overwhelmingness that comes with traveling to a new area. Tip number five is to enjoy the journey. Uh, I really, really, really hate the phrase, getting there is half the fun, because getting there is not half the fun. If my goal is to arrive at my destination, then arriving at my destination is the fun. Getting there is the work I have to put in before I get to the fun. So enjoying the journey has to change a little bit. It's not about enjoying the process of getting to the destination because most of the time that's long hours in the car or waiting in an airplane or an airport or just not having fun. What I have discovered in mapping out a lot of my journeys over the years is that you have to set up your trip so there are multiple destinations along the way. So instead of your destination is start in Billings, Montana, get to Chicago and enjoy Chicago and then get back to Billings, Montana. Now it's stop in Bismarck and see this thing in Minneapolis and visit this lake in uh, Wisconsin or whatever it happens to be. Where we have mapped out a lot of our journeys lately is destinations of state capitals. So when we're doing a road trip, we make sure to go through the state capitol and stop at every capitol building so we can get pictures and experience it and see how various capitals differ from one another. All of a sudden, our road trip that we wanted to get from point A to point B now has three stops along the way. It's little mini destinations that we are getting to so we can take this big journey that's daunting and turn it into multiple little journeys that aren't quite as overwhelming. Uh, It also comes into play when over the summer we wanted to go see Mount Rushmore. But Mount Rushmore is about a six-hour drive from Billings, and it's really boring just to go to drive six hours, see Mount Rushmore, and drive home. So instead, we drove to Devil's Tower 
and stayed a night there and experienced Devil's Tower. And then we went through the Black Hills and experienced Crazy Horse Memorial. And then we went over to uh, this these little cabins that we were staying at uh, near Mount Rushmore. And then we experienced Mount Rushmore and then the Reptile Gardens and then Cosmo's House of Mystery. And then swung through uh, this the town down there. And then we headed home. The drive home was a little boring, but by that point, we're tired. We just want to get home. So we create all these little mini journeys for our larger journey so that we can enjoy it and it doesn't become overwhelming in just the travel aspect of it. So a little bit longer uh, podcast for you today. Uh, You probably noticed that it was not quite as rigid. I didn't script the entire thing. I did a a bullet point outline testing this out, partly because I didn't have time to write the whole thing out. Uh, For now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join the Facebook community. Feel free to ask any questions that you have over on that platform. And remember that traveling can be hard for some people, but with proper prior planning, it turns into an exciting experience. And of course, share this with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.